Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. All right. Back. Weekly. Weekly. The offshoot of the Bradford Show. One of us threw 100. <laughs> <laughs> One of us threw 100. Pat White, um, you got a lot of good reaction from last week, a lot of buzz. Yeah. Everyone, everyone loves a good old buy-sell with someone who threw 100, right? Oh, I guess. <laughs> I am selling. Pat Light can still throw 100. That's where we're start this week. Wow. Can you still throw 100? What is the fastest if you picked up a baseball right now? And I gave you 10 warm-up tosses at the top field fair. What, how fast can you throw the baseball? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, if I were to guess – Probably like maybe 85, 90. What? I don't, I don't mind. I'm not in like 85, 90. Yeah, like I have difference. Yeah, there is, there is, but like I was telling people like at uh, my bar always want me like, like, hey, let's do, let's, we'd like to go, let's go to the field on Monday because, and we're closed on Mondays and we'll, we'll, like, well, I want to hit against you. Like, I want to see what 100 looks like. I, it it takes, I haven't worked out for baseball in in years. It, It takes a lot of effort for me to put together to be able to throw a hundred miles an hour. If I were to go back and work out, yes, I believe, I mean, I'm 29 years old. I believe I still have a hundred in the tank, but right now I probably throw 85. And on the, when I try to throw it really hard because my shoulder's not in shape, I'd probably throw out my shoulder. <laughs> when you, when you quit, um, I'm sorry, when you retired, yes. what, uh, how hard did, were you throwing? How hard were you throwing? I was still probably, I was probably mid to upper. 90s. Oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was when I when I was done playing, I was 27. I was or 20, yeah, 20, 28 or 27. I can't How did you announce your retirement? I didn't. <laughs> oh, so you you want to announce it right here? Hold on, hold on, wait, 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 hold on. Three, two, one, go. Ladies and gentlemen, um, this is Pat Light here. I got some tough news. I got some tough news. Um, I am going to be hanging them up and retiring from the game of baseball. It's, it was a fun ride. Listen, Rod, you were there. It was a fun ride. Uh, but, you know, to be quite frank with you, I cannot throw a strike to save my life right now, and I don't feel like trying anymore. <laughs> what, what, what is the uh, follow-up, if I may, if I may, mm-hmm. um, since this is a press conference? Yes. Um, what is the last time that you uh, threw a baseball? Uh, uh, this during coronavirus, I went home to see my parents at one point and I was so bored. I was like a little kid. I went into the backyard with my, like a ball and glove and I, you know, the whole, you throw it up as high as you can, you catch it. I did that for like 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. By the way. fun than I thought it was. Oh, of course it was. I used to do that in the backyard at dusk and the bats would like trail it down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, with... Here, here, here's the buyer sell, and we're going to get to the buyer sell in two seconds. Okay. I guess this is we're getting to it now because I'm going to ask you buy and sell. Am I going to be able to get the Pat Light retirement proclamation on MLB trade rumors today? <laughs> if MLB trade rumors tweeted out that Pat Light officially retires from baseball two years after I stopped playing, <laughs> I it would make, it would make my year. It would make, in 2020 hasn't been a great year, but it would make my year if you could do it. 
all right, that's that's what we pay in. We pay in MLB trade rumors links. <laughs> so, so, all right, let's get to it. It's World Series, Red Sox. Um, buying, or, buying or selling, Pat Light, my beard. Your beard? Yeah. I'm buying it. You love are? Good, yeah, I love a good facial hair. That you've yeah, got this is like, looks like I've been uh, like um, – like participating in illicit substances with this, <laughs> with this this white like under my nostril. I mean, yeah, it it doesn't look great, Rob. It doesn't look great. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be frank with you. It doesn't look great. But listen, it's 2020. Anything goes in the coronavirus here. Nah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm shaving. I've just been I've been negligent because we've been podcasting all the time. A flurry of podcasts, starting with uh, this one, you last week, and. Um, I know that you soaked them all in. And by the way, so we had, I just want to remind everyone and everyone, thanks for listening. Boom sauce to you all. Lord Hobo, I'm wearing a hat right now. And uh, we had on, after you, it was John Gibbons, manager, what it's like to be interviewed by uh, the Red Sox, by Heim Bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, and he also informed us, I never got an MLB trade rumors. He informed us he is not a candidate, which is somewhat a little surprising because he actually interviewed in person last year. And I'm not saying that he was going to get the job, but like, I think that Heim Bloom, it's interesting, Pat, because I think Heim Bloom, and he, he insinuated this in one of his last press conferences of the year, which is in this time, from the time where he interviewed uh, John Gibbons and a couple other guys to now, he probably has a far better idea of, of the whole Boston dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yes. You buying that? I'm buying that. I'm All buying right. that in the buy sell. <laughs> All right, there you go. And so we had John Gibbons, and then we had Daniel Bard on. Your good buddy, Daniel Bard, um, and not on the podcast. This was like a bonus content. Wow. From that, from that, I, I gotta say, it was. It, we talked about how awesome he is and how well spoken he is, and I really wasn't gonna go down the whole path of like, give me your story. But we talked about, oh, you're the only person that's actually had a good 2020. And he's like, yeah. And then he started from New Year's to basically him. And, and his, he, the way he tells it's incredible. But bonus content from that podcast, after I stopped recording, I said, oh, yes, Pat Light, your good buddy. Pat Light was on just a couple of days ago. And I love Pat. He's a great guy. You know, we bonded, just like you said. I said, Eddie, told the story about throwing the golf ball at the alligator when you couldn't throw a strike, but you could throw a golf ball at an alligator. And he said, yeah, you know, he told that story somewhere else. So you, uh, you've told that story. You're recycling yes. stories. I believe, I, I believe, uh, I, I mean, Jared that asked about it. Was it on section someone, 10? Yeah, somebody, someone, somebody someone tweeted, asked about it. Somebody tweeted, like, I didn't really understand the tweet, like, yeah, after yeah. we surfaced, but, which is fine. It's like good stories are, be told, are meant to be told multiple times. Of course. And he said, and Bard said, yeah, I don't remember that. But in fairness, in fairness, he said he was drinking a lot that day. Correct. Okay. <laughs> right, yeah. I let him mention it, not me. But, yeah, we, we would always, for whatever reason, go, when we went on the course, we would always um, – I'd bring my speaker, and we'd bring, like, a 30 a yingling. I don't know why yingling was the choice, but we'd bring a 30 a yingling, and we would just, we would just drink and play golf. Um, and it was, it, was, it was a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> day. So we had a great time playing That's- I mean, talk about, and this is, uh, again, a fledgling uh, segment off of a segment, but Tales from the Hot Tub. We said this is, you, you've had Tales from the Hot Tub with Daniel Bard. Tales from the Hot Tub 
the 30 of Yingling and a speak in a speaker. Like what, uh, what's going, it's a golf course. Yeah. But we're, neither of us were like trying to be Tiger Woods. And I like, know, but, but the, but the old guys in front of you and in back of you, they're like, you know, this isn't Ronnie Dangerfield and Caddyshack, you know. <laughs> well, we're very respectful of the course. Okay. But, like, we're not, like, we're not being, you know, assholes out there. But okay. we just, we were listening to some music. When we drive close up to people or anything like that, we'd have the music down. Um, but, like, when there's no one around us and we're in the middle of the fairway, we're, you know, bumping some Florida Georgia line and, and drinking some Yinglings. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah. anyway, so I think that we've come to, um, come to some resolution, resolution here, and we can say – I think after being presented the evidence that Daniel Bard did indeed take a golf ball from how far away about? Uh, I'd say it was at least, I would say 30, 40 yards out. At the height of his yips, take a golf ball and throw it and hit the alligator in the head. In the I, head. Be- I believe you because when in doubt, always don't believe the guy who has had uh, 15 yinglings. Yes, so, correct. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and then the last one we did was Dayton Moore, which is – is I have a tremendous amount of respect for, I always had. And one of the things that people don't understand about Dayton is that, you know, they know him from Kansas City, but he was with the Braves. And, Pat, the Braves used to rip everybody off in trades. Like, everybody. Like, they were, if you made a trade with the Braves, you were going to lose it. <laughs> and so we talked a little bit about, you know, that. And I'm going to put up a post later today, tonight, tomorrow, whenever about like how you make how you actually go about valuing guys to make a trade like how do you become a good guy when it comes to making trades right and he's a, and and then we got into at the end of the podcast we got into the importance of giving opportunities you remember his rent not his rent his his statement from early in the pandemic he was the guy who basically said you know what are we doing contracting all these minor league teams, all these minor league jobs? These are the guys who are going to make baseball baseball. Yeah. Anyway. So, so a good week starting and you, you were the straw that stirred the drink. You were the springboard. Buying or selling, buying or selling this world series, the Dodgers and the Rays will go six games. I'm buying that. I think it will. I, I think this is a this is a really interesting matchup. Uh, you talk about the small market versus big market teams. I mean, the Dodgers have a huge payroll. The the the, the Rays. I don't think they have that big of one. They never do. Third third lowest in the major leagues. Third lowest in the major leagues. I guess the Dodgers are what two in the highest. They are the the second. So. Um... And I wrote a little bit about this today is that, you know, I said this is why the Red Sox fans don't want to watch us because it's an uneasy feeling. It's an uncomfortable feeling. And it would be for Houston or L.A. or anybody. It's not for L.A., but I'll tell you why in a second. But for the Red Sox, it's, oh, my God, you could have signed Mookie Betts three times, still been under the luxury tax with the Rays payroll. And, yes. and you still have that team. And, like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, why can't you do this? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uneasy for, the, for any Red Sox fan to be watching what we're watching right now. Uh, but I think it's, there's no doubt, in my opinion, I think this game, this series goes six. I think the Dodgers are a really good team, but for whatever reason, they, for the first time in the playoffs, this, you know, this past series with the Braves, it was the first time I've seen inconsistency out of them. Um, they were, I mean, granted, they're playing a better team than they've played, you know, I mean, maybe the Padres are, you know, Padres are a solid team, but 
you know, you're, you're seeing a little bit more of inconsistency here. I think the Dodgers are the better team. I think the Dodgers ultimately win the World Series. Ooh. But uh, I think the Rays – I think the Rays will, give, will push them. Um, I just don't – I just think the Dodgers have too much firepower. And I think we'll see some – I think the Rays are the best team they've seen this so far in the playoffs. Um, but, I just, again, I just think it's too much firepower. I think the Dodgers ultimately win. And they got a lot of veterans on this team and young veterans, guys that have been in the World Series two or three times right now at age 24. You know, this is this is a interesting a young veteran team. All right, buying or selling, one of the managers will come out of this World Series looking like a guy who is cost their team the World Series. Oof! And and, and the reason I ask this yeah. is because Kevin Cash was on the verge of that. Dave Roberts was sort of on the verge of that. And because, you know, you get into the analytics, you get into like the whole, like the front office is saying, this is how you do it. It gets a little dicey and it can go the other way. So yes yeah. or no, buy or sell. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it for the sole reason is I think that, you know, in my opinion, the playoffs is overmanaging. Everyone overmanages. Um, it's, and, it's, and it's constantly, every single year we talk about in the playoffs, how many more moves are made and how many things they do. It's just constant. Um, and every, every year we talk about it's so-and-so overmanaged. It's so-and-so, you know, hurt their team's chances of winning because of this move. You're not going to make a great move every time you're out there. Um, so I think it's, it's almost inevitable in the game of baseball with overmanaging. It's, it's not that they necessarily will, it will be deserved, but I think it'll be, I think they'll do something that doesn't, that, that people don't agree with. And we'll consider that as, as costing the team, uh, whatever game it happens to be. Okay. This is a good one. Yeah. Um, in the next couple of days on this podcast, we will be entertaining the guy who passed the torch on to you in the Boston Red Sox organization overlap for an entire month and a half, and, uh, but maybe two months. Okay. Josh Beckett will be on the podcast. And yeah, you laugh. You'll see you laugh. <laughs> Why are you laugh? Let's, okay, let's go. Why you, he's passing the torch to me? <laughs> yeah, he passed it. He was with like in two. You were drafted in 2012, correct? Uh-huh. He was correct. in June of 2012, and he was traded in August of 2012. <laughs> yeah, he, he passes the torch to Pat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, so you don't sound like you want to be. You don't want. You don't want to be lumped in with that crew. No, no listen, I, that, that I, designation. I have. I, I've never, I don't know. I never met Josh, but, uh, <laughs> but um, I heard in for some spring training stories about the guy where apparently like the old, the old part in Fort Myers, not the, not the Chip Blue, mm-hmm. like the old park, apparently he used to um, just tee off uh, golf balls into minor league games. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I never saw it. So if you ask him about it and he's not going to know who I am, but if you ask him about it, I, it's not my story. I can't have another well, story reviewed. Don't, don't in be afraid weeks. of Josh Beckett. Come on, like it's. I've never met the gentleman. I had. I've never heard a bad thing about him. I've also never heard good things about him. Like I've, I've just. <laughs> I've never heard anything about Josh. Half, I never heard half, half of that statement is a lie, by the way. What <laughs> you said? I've never heard a bad thing about him. I've never heard a good thing about him. I've never heard anything about him. Is what I'm saying. I've never just, like most just, guys you hear about. I never. Okay. Only thing I guess I heard. <laughs> I laugh. I guess it's a good thing. I heard about the, the golf cart. The, uh, the- He's a very polarizing figure, and mm-hmm. I, I always enjoyed um, 
the uh, genuine nature of Josh, which is, which is why he is coming on the podcast. And so, um, yeah, so I will ask him about that. That's, we'll yeah, that's, that was the story from the minor leaguers. When I would get in, they would say that Josh used to tee off from the big league side and hit it off into the, while minor league games were going on. <laughs> I don't know that it's true, but that's what I was told. He was, so Josh was on the podcast uh, in May, and we talked mm-hmm. about, which was one of my favorite moments, like, no, it's one of my favorite playoff moments when the Cleveland Indians had his ex-girlfriend sing the national anthem. Remember that? Yep. 2007. And, you know, and someone asked about the game and say, thanks for giving my friend a ticket to the game. I mean, like, that's, that's, see, that's what you get to look forward to. Anyway, the reason, one of the reasons I was thinking about Josh is because there are guys when the, the pay, um, I'm sorry, when the Red Sox have gone through playoff runs, you always said, you need the guy, you need the horse, you need Beckett in 2007, you need Lester in 2013. Before that, you needed, like, the Schilling and the Pedro. You always need the Bumgarner. You know, you need the guy. Like, nobody is saying that now. Nobody – everyone is saying, hey, you know what? You need the guy to get you four innings so you can get to, like, six relief pitchers. Yeah. So, so buying or selling this idea that you don't need that guy in the World Series. I'm selling – it's tough. It's, I'm selling it because if I was a manager, I'm going, I would build my team like that. I would want the horse. You know, I want those guys. I mean, who wouldn't want Kurt Schilling, Josh Beckett, uh, Pedro Martinez pitching for you in the World Series? I mean, it's, it's asinine to think. I mean, even you talk about the Nationals with Scherzer last year. Like, you, 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 typically speaking, I would want that guy. I don't like the way baseball, some of these guys, some of these analytical teams work it, where they, like, oh, just get me, get me to the fourth, and I'll figure it out from there. Like, that extends the game so much. Like, I think Kershaw pitched a great game the other day, and he ended up having one bad inning. Like, he still pitched, what, he pitched five shutout? Well, the big thing is they just won't let guys go a third time through the order. They yeah. Just, they just which, won't let them. It, which I understand that's always typical. I mean, I was a starting pitcher at one point. It is always tougher that third time through. Like, the first time through, I always was always try to get through the game, through the um, first time through the order, throwing fastballs to change and that's it. Just like, let's get into the game. Let's see if I can do it before I throw any wrinkles in there. And then you play with it the rest of the game. But I think you need the horses. I think, I think, we'll, I think this is a flash in the pan type stuff. I think what we're seeing is, is like the new trend. It's cool. But I don't think, it, I don't think it's going to be a longstanding thing in Major League Baseball. And I'll give you another reason for this, which I just thought of. Is because, you know, you, you have to rely on a string of five relievers, four or five relievers. You have back-to-back-to-back. I mean, there's a break in between games, I think, two and three. Um, But you have a lot of games in a row, much more than ever. We can already see that some of these arms are trailing off. Yes. I had had a um, certain ex-manager, you know, pointed out to me the other day about about look at the Rays' arms. Like, some of these guys, like, the, the arms aren't what they are. I mean, that's common sense. And, yeah, like both these teams, they are loaded with arms. They're bringing in guys, and they're, they're gassing 98. This isn't bringing in, like, the Red Sox collection of, of taxi squad people, right? Mm-hmm. This, this, it is a, this is one of the reasons, a big reason why they're both where they are. But, I mean, it's, there's a lot of games to be played in, a lot of, in not a lot of days. Yeah, and I think, I think that's something that analytics – I mean, I'm sure 
these teams have analytics on everything up up in the and we just might not hear about it in the public. But I never hear about that. I always hear like we're going to throw these five guys out there, the five, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever. But I never hear about it. Well, what is this guy's numbers on the third day in a row he's pitching? What's this guy's numbers on the second day in a row he's pitching? Or are you just going off of this guy is this is what he does, so he's going to do this every day? Like this is how we can do, it. and then you try to throw him a day off. Like it's it's I don't ever hear about you know what these relievers are doing on a yearly basis when they're pitching three or four days in a row or two or three days in a row. I remember when I was in Minnesota, I I started my was my last time in the big leagues. I threw more more I had more appearances um, in like a two week span than Andrew Miller did, and this is the time where he was in Cleveland where him and what was the one guy that threw all the time too. He's like a little cutter guy. Um, not Shaw. No. Um, no, what, was it Shaw? Shaw? I think Shaw was, was setting records for appearances. Ryan Shaw? Wasn't he setting records for appearances? Maybe, yeah. He threw like every day. Like I was, I, was, I was appearing more than those guys were appearing. And I remember being like, I was like 95, 98. And, you know, I think I threw 11 out of 13 days. And the other two days that I didn't throw, I, I, um, I warmed up in those games. So, like, and by, by – day six I was throwing like 90 I just couldn't keep up anymore and my shoulder was falling off like I would I was going in between uh innings I would go into the into the dugout where the I don't know if you've been to Minnesota Target Field. sure but so when you go in the home clubhouse when you go down to the thing you have the batting cages right next right when you walk in from the dugout That's I would go in there with a bucket yeah, ba- yeah I'd go in there with a bucket of baseballs and just throw because really? if I took off the inning, half inning, I'd go out there, and my shoulder was was not – it had to stay loose because it was throwing – it never got rest. And, it, again, it's something that people – it's some for whatever reason, I don't hear about that in the public. I don't hear about the analytics behind no, guys throwing it, three some, days in a row. Yeah, some of these guys are going to back up. Their stuff is going to back up on them. Yeah, it's and, Yeah, and there's and, – but I would love – you know, I would love to see – Hey, you know, Walker Bueller, go out and pitch eight innings. Hey, um, yeah, seriously, you know, like, yeah, well, this is like, this is how, you know, everyone says this was Tampa. You look at all the things they do, but they still have glass. Now they still have Morton. They still have Snell. All right. Well, step up. And I think that, and, and cash almost get caught a couple times doing this, you know, where, you know, we're not going to take a chance. We're going to bring these guys in. And I, it just has changed so much, and we've, we've already talked too much about it. This is the second time we talked about it, and we'll talk about it next time as well because this is – it's not going I, – I, I want to see – I've always said you need that guy. You need that guy and probably those two guys, maybe those three guys. And the Red Sox – you know what? You know, the Red Sox almost have those guys. You know, you can talk about Eduardo Rodriguez, Chris Sale, and Navaldi. But what I what I what I know they don't have is the the litany of arms in back of them that are at the level of these two teams. Yeah, and which brings me to Bruce Dargraderall, buying or selling, in terms of him. Where we're gonna we're gonna look at this guy as because it's easy right now, right? I mean, throwing 101 and blah blah blah. Uh, three years from now, we're gonna be like, what the hell were the Red Sox thinking? So buying or selling, what the hell the Red Sox were thinking? Uh, I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it. With the, I, 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 what I'm saying is, I think they made a mistake. Yeah. Um, uh, not getting him. Uh, 
but I mean, you got he, he said it's easy right now. Like it's easy to watch this guy be like, like what the you guys didn't want him? Like what are you, are you kidding me? Like this you 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 were nervous about this guy? <laughs> like what are we what are we doing over there? Like he had didn't he they didn't back out because of the injury stuff? Yeah, they said they they didn't like his medicals. He didn't like his medicals, which is nonsense. Well, but, I mean, I my think I think part of it was they weren't convinced that he was going to be able to be a starter, which is once again, if you're if you look at how these teams are constructed, he is just as if they're going to play this way, he is just as valuable as a lot of the starters that they have. Yeah, he can go three innings. <laughs> yeah, well. And it's, it's, it's insane that I've, I don't think I've ever seen a guy who takes less of a windup and throws that hard. Have you? No. It's, it's, it's insane the way he's able to just almost – it almost feels like he's only using his arm. And it's insane. I mean, obviously he's not. He's a, he's a big man. But it's insane to see what, what, how the ball just absolutely jumps out of his hand. Like it's, it's not one. It's not my 100. When I threw 100, like, it was a big guy. Like, it was a long motion. Like, it was, you know, you saw the baseball. And that's why my, my basketball, you know, still got hit at 100 sometimes. This guy, like, it's just all of a sudden, it's at, it's, it, the catcher has the ball. It's, yeah. it's, 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 I mean, it's a lot of fun to watch. I promise you that. Yeah. But it's, he's, he is, he's really, really good. Like, so, it'd, be, it'd be a lot better. This, this year would have been a lot more fun to watch in Boston. If we had oh, my, well, I don't care if he's starting, relieving, whatever. I mean, he's, he's better than what they have. No disrespect to anybody there, but he just is. He I mean, is. He's, like, has everyone got excited about Darwin's and Hernandez? Like, he makes Darwin's and Hernandez look like, you know, I don't know. Like, what, me. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> without the beard. Anyway. Buying or selling, and I know you got to go, so I won't keep you much longer. You have uh, a podcast. You want to plug your podcast? Yeah. Sorry, we're closed. Sam, Sorry, real, we're closed. real uh, modern day Sam Malone. That's I by did. the way. If you got any connects there, I need to get uh, Ted Dance on the pod. You, okay, that's the least I can do. Yeah, if you have, <laughs> what you should do is get Ted dancing for me. <laughs> I pay. I pay you in MLB trade rumors links. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, possible Ted Danson contacts. I mean, if I could get Ted Danson. Have you as, tried? I, I honestly, no, I haven't looked into it at all. Um, but uh, I don't, I just don't know. Is he a, you know, is he a CAA client? <laughs> why, why are you asking me that? I don't know. I guess, I like, that's, the only, that's the only way I could feasibly think. If I, I, if I, I get, if I do this for you. Should we do a uh, a like a three way shared podcast? Sure, I'll bring you both on at the same time. But it's it's a sorry we're closed podcast. It has to be a sorry we're closed podcast. Uh, okay, that's sorry. the whole point of the pod. Okay, yeah, it's the whole point of the pod is that I'm an expert special leader. That's fair. No, I know, I understand that, and that's the end. All right, we're gonna make that happen. Um, so uh, yeah, so sorry we're closed podcast. Go to the Twitter account. Um, you have a great social media presence, which. I, I am a one-man gang when it comes to my social media. So am I. No, you I have, I have Miranda that helps me do like, content says, stuff. Literally on her Twitter account, she said she's the social media director for your well, – I mean, she technically is. She does, she, what she does is like, – I, I mean, I'm the one tweeting. I'm the one posting stuff and all that stuff. Um, and like, I give do? her ideas. Huh? What's she do then? 
she just makes like she like makes if you go on instagram it's really where you see her and like i'll tweet some some of the stuff but when you um she, like she makes like all the, the instagram content and all that stuff for me i okay. can't I don't, know, I don't know the first thing about that stuff all right all right so everyone go to that go listen go to the social media um and i know you gotta get going because you have podcasts and restaurants and bars to run and uh other things to dot combinate so um pod combinate and um so one thing i also brought up in regards to the uh trade we talked about bruce r gratterall mookie bets yeah so obviously this is painful for everyone to watch and some people say i enjoy mookie and this is so fun watching him succeed but you cannot watch mookie bets and and as everyone has said and i did it today in my story which is the the flexibility, uh, the payroll flexibility flag flies very proudly. You know, this is what we got. That's what we did. No one, but no one can watch Mookie Betts and just say, was there a chance? Was there any way? Couldn't this have been avoided? And I do feel like this deserves to be dug in on more. And the roadblock when you have this conversation is always going to be, he wasn't going to sign here because he didn't like it here enough. I do not buy that. I don't buy that. So my question to you, buy or sell, was there a legitimate way that the Red Sox could have kept Mookie Betts? And I'm not only talking about offering more money. I'm talking about going back to saying, hey, listen, you didn't have to sign this contract. You didn't have to sign that contract, this, kind of, this contract. Or did you need to sign those contracts? Was Mookie Betts never going to come back? It was going to cost over $400 million, and it wasn't going to be worth it. You wouldn't have been able to bring back J.D. Martinez. Buying or selling, was there a way to keep Mookie Betts here? I'm buying. There's definitely a way to keep Mookie Betts. And I still believe – I know we, yeah, you said we hang the, the payroll flexibility flag with pride, but – it's it's a it's a it's a once in a generation type player. Like he's a really really good player. He was homegrown. Like I did, to me, it just made no sense to me. I understand you didn't want to spend that kind of money. Then you want to bring JD Martinez, which I I love JD. I think he's a phenomenal player. But you know, you're talking like and when I look at you as a baseball player, you talking about like the Derek Cheaters. You're talking about, you know, you know, Mike Trout, the guys that got brought up through their own systems and became became the guy for the organization for the time. I mean, you tell me you people you're telling me you don't want Mookie Betts on your team for ten years? Like well he's gonna be just, a hall, it, he's gonna be a Hall of Fame player. Yes. I mean, that's he's gonna be a Hall of Fame player. That's and what I, you have to take a step back and understand that you parted ways with all due respect to Alex Verdugo, Alex Verdugo is not going to be a Hall of Fame player. Jeter Downs is not going to be a Hall of Fame player. You parted ways with a Hall of Fame player. Right? No doubt. The guy, the guy that you could have built this this team, and then you had Xander over there as well. Like you had guys that you literally they built, and this is what people, I, in my opinion, the people don't, you know, we didn't. I don't think we gave Ben Sherrington enough credit for the stuff that he did. We're seeing guys like Mookie was a Ben Sherrington guy, right? Or, yeah. or was, yeah, Mookie was, um, Xander was. Like we have guys here that are really good players that were drafted by the Red Sox, brought up through the Red Sox organization, like our homegrown guys. And I mean, Xander's gonna stay, but. Where you know we kicked Mookie to the curb, and it's like it's like we, you don't get that. It, you know, when's the next time we're gonna have a homegrown guy that becomes that guy? It's it's so rare, and especially in today's world where we're trading nonstop, it's so rare to have that in your organization. I think it was a really it was a it was a miss 
letting him go and letting him go for what we got. I mean, what you would waited you done, that what long. Would, what would it, give me the, the top two things that you would have done different and, and to keep Mookie Betts? I would, personally, if I was the GM, I would have done anything. I would have done anything to keep the guy. You would have said, would have, so, he, so he's offered 10 years, 310, and then he comes back, I want whatever, four, over 400. You would have said, okay. Deal. Okay, deal. And you know that that's, you, you can't have J.D. Martinez around anymore because of it. Um, so you just said, do whatever it takes. And in regards to contracts that were signed before, what contract is the one that you're like, yeah, man, that really, that really cost this whole situation? I don't know if I can pinpoint one. One for, one for lack of knowledge. I don't, I don't know every contract on the team and, and things that may have been like, oh, that was iffy. Um, well, I mean, you have the big ones. You have Evaldi. You have, I mean, I'm, <laughs> the two that jumped the mind. Evaldi, Sale, and Xander. I think everyone would sign the Xander deal. Yep. I mean, everyone, when that came out, and you're like, that's it? That's a good deal. Yeah. And, and, um, and then, but then you have Sale and Evaldi, and I think they panicked a little bit on Sale. They signed him instead of, he was going to sign. He told me in London, he said, I was going to sign back. Like, I wasn't going to go anywhere. So the Red Sox didn't read the room correctly when they came to signing him before he actually pitched that year after having a year where you had an injury problem. So and I, I want Chris Sale on this team, but which do you rather have? I mean, you have to be honest. Like, so that's the question. Which would you rather have? Would you rather have Mookie Betts or Chris Sale? Mookie Betts. Okay. Nine close. And I really like Chris. I was really happy when he signed. Like, I was like, oh, we got it. You know, we get, like, you talk about, go back to the horses, even though he, ha- he has been an injury guy for the last year or so. But he, you talk about, like, I, I want Chris Sale in the game in, in, in LA pitching against Manny Machado for the, for the World Series. Like, that, that's awesome. I have a guy that we're sending in there. We're not sending in, I, I have a name that pops ahead, but I'm not going to call anyone out. So I, I'm not sending in X player that, you know, was back up and down all, all year with Triple with A. You know, I'm sending a Chris Sale. I want that. But, again, Mookie Betts, he's on a different tier. He's in a different world. The only people you're talking about with guys like Mookie Betts, you're talking about the Mike Trouts of the world. You're talking about him. You're talking about probably Bryce Harper's probably in the conversation. You're talking guys that are like like the faces of baseball. That's another part of it. I mean, everyone said, oh, he's not promoted enough. Oh, he's not out there enough. There's, since he signed with the Dodgers – we have seen a different Mookie Betts also, haven't we? I, I 100%, but I think, it's, I think it's, it's, it's different there. They, I mean, first of all, LA's got a very different team as far as the new age of baseball with social media and stuff like that. I mean, Cody Bellinger, you have, a, you have a different group of guys over there than you had in Boston as far as social stuff is concerned. The only one you had in, in, in uh, Boston was that was big social guy, really, was, was Price, and he, dreaded, he, went, he sent him away with Mookie. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, it's, it's a different, it's definitely a different feeling. LA is, you know, it's Hollywood, you know, it, it's cool to be famous there. I mean, it's cool to be famous in Boston too, but like, it's definitely a different feel in Boston than it is in LA. But anyways, he's number one in Jersey sales, right? Yeah. He's, you know, it's it, this guy, like I said, it, it pains me. You know, I love Mookie. Right, right behind Matt Hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. He's probably going to issue, right? Yeah, there but, you go. <laughs> but Mookie is, again, he's, He's a, you know, not, maybe not a once-in-a-lifetime guy, but he is – this guy is, is just some, is something special. Man. He's a homegrown guy. I just – it pains me. I'm happy for the guy. He was a friend of mine when I played. 
Um, but it, it's it, it's like you know this guy should be in Boston still. He's, he should he should be in LA. He's I think he's also coming into his like you said you've known him for a long time and he's always been. He's always been a good guy, a good guy to have around. But he would never be considered the guy who's going to put the stool in the middle of the clubhouse and give the speech. And I think that he's come into his himself. I think uh, just from afar is probably a lot to do with the contract, with knowing that he this is where he's going to be, knowing that he is respected there, that he is he doesn't have to be the guy, but he's certainly one of the top guys. When he gave the speech in spring training, Joe Kelly was on this podcast. And said, you know, Mookie's giving the speech, which he had never done in Boston. Not, not nothing like close to it. Yeah. And and you know, is he's like, and I think the word he said was cringy. Like he's like, me and DP are looking at each other like, Ugh. but that's okay. Like he was, I he, he, yeah, he was trying to do something. And my guess is that right now, having gone through like whatever seven months in LA that that speech is received and delivered a whole lot different than it was then. He's growing up. I mean, how old is the guy now? He's a couple years younger than I am, isn't he? Yeah, 28, 28. I'm 29, and he was a high school pink in what, 11 or 10? No, 11. 11. So he's got to be three years younger than me. Yeah. So he's 27 now, 26? And by the way, you mentioned Ben Sherrington. Another thing Ben Sherrington should get credit for is not trading Mookie Betts. Because I had um, another GM tell me when they were talking about trades in 2014, 2013. I remember this. That they, that they wanted Mookie Betts. Everyone did. It was when he went off. And it no, was, but it this just... is before he went off. This is like 2000. So th- I'm sorry, not, it wasn't 2014 because that's when he came up. Yeah. 2013, when he was still the five foot eight second baseman who had hit a home run in Lowell, you know? So, but you, that's where GMs don't get enough credit. Identifying too many times they fall in love with guys, but it's good when you fall in love with the right guy. 100%. And then you talk about the Dave Dombrowski's of the world and how many people talk about how we got a World Series under Dave or, you know, whatever. But, like, you're talking about how many, how many Ben Sherrington guys do you have to trade to get there? Yeah. You know, like he, you know, Ben Sherrington just like gave you gave you all the pieces, and then you just like okay, so here, give me all the good players, and I'll go and I'll oh, go that, win a World Series. That day they made the Chris Sale trade, and they gave up Kopech and and um and Mankata, and we were at the winter meetings, and we're just sitting outside the room, the media room, and Ben walks by, and he's like, it was you know you know Ben, I mean he's yeah. like the nice guy in the world, and certainly not going to throw any bombs. But it was like you could, his gums were bleeding from from biting his lips so so much from after because he like everyone was saying Dave Dombrowski did it. Well, he did it because of those guys that Ben Sherrington had it. If, you, if I'm Ben, like I'm just watching that, you just you're not ruining my work of art, but you are almost like you're you're everything that I worked for. You're you're now just throwing to some other team to have them reap the rewards off of it. I mean, Ben was setting up the franchise, I thought, really well. I think he got an unfair shake, in my opinion. I know he had the Pablo Sandoval deal that, you know, kind of was his you – know, yeah, who, who knows what was behind those? I mean, we don't know. That was the problem. We yeah. don't know, like, how much ownership was pushing on Sandoval, on Henley Ramirez, on, you know, on, on how they approached the Leicester thing. We, we don't know. I mean, like, think about right now. If we didn't trade everyone away for that World Series – granted, I want the World Series. I'm okay with it. I'm not complaining. But think about what the position the Red Sox might be in right now with these guys on the, on this team. I mean, you have, you have 
phenomenal players. And we're, we're probably talking about we're one of, the, one of the young, great teams in baseball right now. Right. You know, it's, it's a very different feel. Again, granted, I'm not going to just say, oh, you know, we should have never went for the World Series in 2018. But because we had an unbelievable year, that was, that was a lot of fun to watch. But in the same token, you know, we are. We had, we had so many guys that Ben, you know, grabbed for us. Well, you can make the you can make the case, Pat, that again you wouldn't have won the World Series in 2018. No, but you don't make the Chris Sale trade, right? Mm-hmm. So you have Mankata, you have Kopech, who you know who knows, like, who knows, right? Yeah. But were you around for Kopech? Yes, I actually had to talk to him. Did you get in a fight with him? I didn't know, uh, but I was like one of the older guys now in in the system, and uh, they asked me to speak to him. Uh, because he had just gone, I think it was just about the punch, or he had just, he was out late or something. I don't remember what it was. And I remember sitting down with the guy and being like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're really good. You just stop messing around so much. I, was, was, I, was like, I swear it was, I swear. I mean, he like swore up and down, like he didn't do whatever it was that he did. And I was like, oh, I mean, okay, man, like whatever. I, I don't care. Like, <laughs> In a couple of years, if everything goes right, me and you are going to be competing. I don't want to. I don't want to compete with you. I promise you. <laughs> so, I, I, I walked out of the – I walked out. Everyone had gone to Bradenton, and I stayed behind, and I walk out of the clubhouse, and he walks by with his cast on his hand. Yes. And I'm like, hey, what happened? And he's like, you're going to have to, have to ask them. And so I asked them, and they had no problem telling me. Yeah. Because I think they were, had just like had They're a – They're fed up. They're fed up yeah. with them. And I'm, he also, I'm not surprised he's gone. I, I also remember always going to the LA Fitness in Fort Myers at 10 o'clock at night and him being there with his girlfriend. Like, I'm like, what are you like? Like, didn't you just like spend all day? Like, yeah, but he, you know, he's Hollywood. Yeah, he reminds me of Hollywood from, wasn't they call him Hollywood in um, Remember the Titans? Sunshine. Oh, Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Sunshine. Yeah. yeah. As a guy, he, he was, he's been, he's always been more, he's always, since I've known him, he's always wanted to uh, be he's Hollywood. Jacked. He wants lifestyle. to be jacked. Yeah, yeah. He wants to be Instagram famous. Yeah, he dated dated the girl on the reality show. And now he's he's, did he date some other girl? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's true love. Um, So, uh, but but you could have kept kept Kopech. You could have kept Mankata. And by the way, you would have kept Mookie Betts. (laughs) So anyway, you gotta go. I know you do, and I appreciate you. You have you spend the time once again. Of course, always a pleasure. Yeah, it was good. Another good buy, World Series edition of buy and sell. Nothing better. Well, we'll reconvene. So your predictions in recapping are, you said Dodgers are going to win. It will go at least six, and a manager will screw up. So basically you're saying Kevin Cash is going to screw up. I'm a, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm buying that, that the media will jump on something, whether it's, again – you warranted or not, they're going to ju- they're going to hold to go in and grab something that someone screwed up for a game. I'm not saying necessarily be Kevin Cash because technically speaking, Dave Roberts could screw up in the first couple of games and they and be like, "This is going to be it, guys." That if the Dodgers don't win, they get it. I just think it ends up Dodgers winning, so they'll forget about it. Um, but they're going to some they're going to jump on it's something. Gonna, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Gonna happen, especially with how much those two manage in in the playoffs. R- remember, remember Granky last year. I mean, the Hanks, yeah. no, I mean that that was a. That was basically a perfect example of messing up. Anyway, uh, go celebrate. Go celebrate your retirement. I will. I'm happy to announce it. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. And I'm going to go work on Ted Danson for you. Appreciate that. I need it.